Hey, Dame. Yo. Do you happen to have any idea who this episode is brought to you by? Oh, I think I have a clue. I think I do. <laughs> this episode of Ergo is brought to you by Overcast, an independent podcast app that embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. No exclusives, no premium content, no paywalls, just a great podcast app for everyone. And if you know Ergo, we love independent and we love shit not being locked down. So <laughs> so go ahead and get Overcast for free on the App Store. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. This is Ergo. <laughs> At its peak. It's what it is. It's Ergo, baby. Let's do it. I am Kiss. <laughs> I am Damon, and I'm ecstatic. What's, what's what we got for him, Kiss? Well, what we have right now are huge smiles on our faces True. because we have the incredible, virtuosic, absolutely lovely Raven Lene back on Ergo. <laughs> For those who are unfamiliar, you might be a little whack, but welcome. You know, and like we're here to There's help room you. for you here. We're here to help you de-wackify. Raven Lene is one of the most talented, phenomenal recording and performing artists in the world. We were fortunate to have Raven on when she was just a baby, a sophomore in high school, back in the early days of Ergo, and have kept in good touch and in good relationship since. But in her meteoric rise, we are glad to be able to reconnect and break down her new release and debut full-length album, Hypnos. Yeah, when we first had Raven on back in October of 2015 on episode 14 of the show, she had just dropped her first project, Moon Shoes. And that was like low-key a lifetime ago. <laughs> Hypnos is her first full-length project. It just came out a little while back. It's fantastic. Um, and we went into our listening party format where we pull out a few selections from the project, listen to them with the artist, and then use them as jumping-off points for the convo. So you'll get to hear some of the songs from the project and then celebrate them and learn about them with us. And so this is a great project. You'll hear songs in this episode produced by Kate Trinata. We got a, a Steve Lacey appearance also on the album. We got features from Smino and Fouché. Um, and Mariba. So, and Mariba. So this is a, a phenomenal offering and release. And so in addition to this, when you cut it off, I'm sure you'll want to already, but we prompt you to go ahead and download or stream or live with this project in its entirety. You can also check out all of our other Listening Party episodes on our podcast feed or on our SoundCloud. There's a playlist just for it. We have ones with The Mind, Femdot, and Tasha. We're at Ergo Radio on everything. As always, subscribe, comment, review, all that good stuff. Um, dig into that archive, find something good. Maybe even listen to Raven's first episode and hear how nervous and young we all sound. Um, just a bunch of, as you called it, just a bunch of cuties back in the day, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so we're here now, less cute, but still doing <laughs> <laughs> we're here now some grizzled veterans <laughs> but we're here now so please join us and let's kick it in this listening party for hypnos with raven lene here we go
All right, Dave, you want to bring this one in? Let's do it. <laughs> the, just, prodigal, <laughs> the prodigal child has returned. It is now full formed. The phoenix has risen. We are so excited to have the, the legend in the making, the multi-talented, phenomenal, just like ray of light and superstar, our, our very own, the homie, Raven Lene is with us. Whoa! Oh, my dear. Uh, Hey, hey, so, 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 so happy to have you here. Before we get into our two-part opener, I just want to, like, got to start on the record with just, like, how phenomenally proud I, we, our space and, you know, the the community we're connected to are of you. Thank Um, you. You you carry yourself with such grace, poise, and just are, yeah, just like a source of pride for for all of us. So thank you and congratulations on all that's happening. And now let's get to it. Two-part question. <laughs> Here's what we, we give compliments. But we don't give any room for people to receive them. No, That's no, no. We we'll get to it. No, we'll no. get to it. No, stop. stop I love cut. that, though, because I'm no. awkward about compliments. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it comes from us not knowing how to receive a compliment, too. Is you just like, yeah, hit no it, pressure. hit the run. No, yeah, exactly. Just know it. Know, know that you've been complimented, and we got to go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Two-part question, as always, in this time. Define time how you will. This day, hour, season, a lifetime. But in this time, Raven Lene. How is the world treating you and how are you treating the world? Yeah, I thought the perfect word is grounded in a way. I think over the past couple of years, I went through this weird journey of like moving away from home Mm -hmm. and being lonely, not feeling inspired and not really trusting myself with music and love and family, you know, so to come back on the end of it, feeling very proud of myself and like I know myself a little bit better than when I started is a really rewarding feeling. So when people ask me like, what's the best thing that's happened, you know, with the project or whatever, it's like really me having a better understanding of myself and me as a woman going into that a little bit more too is, has been like one of the major things for me. So right now I just feel very calm, relaxed, open and less anxious <laughs> about oh. life and music. Oh, shit. Congratulations. Fuck yeah. it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> You've won. We, we got to put an album out if that's what yeah. gets this anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so like, like break that down a little bit of as much as you feel comfortable sharing, like that, that trajectory of distrust is what you, you said. I trust yourself relative to your work and to your relationships to now feeling grounded. Can you give us a little bit of like, what those two things feel like? Is there a scene? Is there a, a picture you can paint on like that journey from distrust to groundedness? I think when this is my first time ever working on a full length. So there are plenty of pockets for you to feel, I don't know, like you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then having so many men around me too, and such a very male dominated, you know, art form. Let's talk about it. Yeah. It's, hard I think sometimes for me to trust my own voice and to believe that the work I do is good and that people are around me and want to be a part of something because of me versus the other way around and I think throughout the process I had to really learn to trust my voice and boss up in a way you know where I would naturally rely on you know Monty or Steve or whoever it is to feel empowered you know but finding that internally 
was a struggle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're just like world events and everything shutting down. And I think all of us kind of questioned our career paths <laughs> at a certain point too. So me questioning if what I do really serves the world and bring something and it is important, you know, was a big thing for me. And the idea of not being able to tour anymore. And I don't know, I just went through all of these kind of phases and steps in my brain that brought me back to feeling, I don't know, empowered and 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 like my voice matters and that my opinions matter and I bring something to the world. So yeah, I think through working with so many producers and, and personalities and just taught me a lot about like management and, and managing personalities and working styles and different emotions, all while managing my own too. Yeah, I want to talk more about some of those power dynamics that you alluded to and like what it took to get to a place of like, I can stand on on who I am and the value I bring. But some of that questioning before I get to that, that you were, you were talking about being in context of the pandemic. I think you're right that a lot of people did have this question of like between lockdown and then uprising, like how is what I do connected for better or worse to this? But it's it's interesting to hear you name that because, you know, of course, from the outside looking in and having known you since 2015, damn near in various ways, like it has been so clear that no matter where your path goes, like you would be doing some version of what you do. Yeah. And I know that's never that simple internally. So I'm curious, like whether you had that certainty through all that time too, or whether you just couldn't share the uncertainty and what it felt like to like actually ask that question of like, is this what I want to be doing with my time? Yeah. I think I spent a lot of time being uncertain about it. And it's kind of like this pull and tug of like feeling good and feeling like trash the next day. And I think we all kind of went through that roller coaster. Oh, we, are, we are familiar. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think the people around me helped keep me sane in that regard of like, no, what you're doing is important. You should feel good about it. And, you know, but like when the bank account isn't reflecting that or, you know, you feel lost and you feel forgotten. And, you know, I, I just feel like those are natural feelings that a lot of us are uncomfortable with and in, in talking about. But I definitely went through that. And me being such a new artist, I'm like, oh, four years? Is that too long? Is that smart? Is that allowing too much time for people to forget or not remember or not care anymore? Or they really care. There's this anticipation. Yeah. Right? yeah. I, to believe that. I, I saw you post a really funny tweet. Like you were kind of in that uh, Frank Ocean SZA yeah. Kendrick like zone for a yeah. minute where you had disappeared uh, or you was, you know, laying low. And I think, I think the tweet You knew was, where uh, you were. Yeah. Yeah. You, you did disappear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I think the tweet was something like, does Raven Lene need to ride to the studio to yeah. pick her up? <laughs> it's like, is it a logistic issue? Yeah, we yeah. can Uber you. Get a carpool going. <laughs> That's so in, in addition to like, you know, the, the imposter syndrome that we all feel, and I'm sure it heightens as you heighten. But then there's also this other push of this high anticipation, this yes. high like demand that can be, I'm sure, a lot to hold. Yeah. And then the, the longer it took, the better. I felt like the album had to be, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was battling that too of like, this has to be worth my while and everybody who's, you know, been on this journey, their while too. So it was just this weird cycle of like, oh, I don't feel like it's good enough. So I'm going to take longer. But now that I'm taking longer, it has to be even better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was a, a weird thing. But then like getting on Twitter and seeing that people were there and were excited and, you know, we're still there was a really big 
encouragement for me. So yeah. before we get into some tracks, I do want to come back to the thing you opened up around the power dynamics and just how gendered music making spaces are, recording sessions are. And then industry overall. And industry well. overall. And that's something that, you know, I, I credit my sister to making me very like aware of in our like collaborative recording processes. So I, I want to use your trajectory as a way to like, can we get some some learnings out of how to counteract yeah. about that? Because, you know, for folks who can go back and listen to the show, right? Like our relationship is meeting you as this young prodigy, right? 15, 16 years old. And now you are, you know, coming into your form. And so I was going to say, like, can we direct this to other young women artists? But I'm going to flip it. And let's talk to 15 or 16-year-old Raven, who, you know, you... You, you, you talk so lovingly about having all these like kind of big brother figures, right? There's, there's Smee, there's Monty, there's Classic, there, you know, you build a relationship with Steve Lacey and then so many, but how to like kind of challenge and counteract that. So from your lessons of this process of hypnos, what could you say to 15 to 16 year old Raven about standing in your power in the music making and the business side of it? I think I would tell her to just be firm and be sure about who you are, what the message is and how you want it to be received. And I, I learned that late, much later in that in the process. But I felt like I, I needed to go through those hoops of not feeling sure and, and doubting myself and needing others' opinion and you know their validation to get to this point. You know, but there was a time where if I didn't like the way Monty Bob his head to a song, I cut it. <laughs> you know, and I love my brother. I trust my brother, but that's a, a scary place to be when you don't feel firm enough in yourself and in, and in your art. And then like, I go to a SME session and if you don't like the song, he do not care. He going to jump. He going to, I'm like, I'm like, that is so inspiring. Like, Cause now I like the song. <laughs> that's you know? Yeah. No, and that feels like that encapsulates him. Yeah. Like, don't care. He's an enthusiastic bobber. Yeah. <laughs> he is. So just like striking that balance of like, of, of being sure and knowing, you know, how I feel about a song or how I feel about the work I did, you know, and I'm very proud of how it came out too. But I think the the major lesson I learned is that, and also how I speak about myself in the process is a huge thing. I knew going into this project with press and everything, I knew how I spoke about it was going to be very crucial in people knowing how involved I am in the music making process. You know, like I would see people who thought that you know, Crush was mainly Steve and like he wrote the lyrics and I was just kind of there and, you know, and I think that's the misogynistic, you know, view we have of women in music too, that we're just kind of there sitting cute in the studio. As the model. Yeah. Yeah. But like, no, I'm very involved in the production process, the songwriting, like it's all very much me, you know, and my brothers inspire me and they push me and we push each other. So I think how I spoke on myself and my involvement in it is, a huge thing and it's me you know being a little prouder of myself and and okay with telling people how much this is me <laughs> mm. so yeah you so deserve that thank you let's hop into a couple tracks um we're gonna start actually with one of those uh collaborations let's start with skin tight off of mm. hypnos this is raven Linnae on ergo
So that's Skin Tight featuring Steve Lacey and just a beautiful track. And so I, I, I want to go in a little bit, use this as a jumping off to talk about process and how your perception, imagination, or intention about how it's received informs process. Because, you know, in preparing and reading some of you know, your other conversations you've had about the project, I, I saw how meticulous you were. And I want to talk a little bit about my experience because I received this the first time on stage. Mm. This was your LA show right before Smoking Grooves. It was your first time back on stage. You had the, the line around the neighborhood. <laughs> Not even the block. Just the it was, it was, municipal it was area. intense. <laughs> it was shut down out there. Um, and it was, you know, I didn't even know new stuff was coming. I was just, I'm right. coming to see Raven do, right. do, do the bops. <laughs> and this was like, oh, okay. You don't forget, but it was just a reminder of like, this is just genius level talent, just hearing you perform and execute. And so from that is my experience of seeing you do it live. How does your understanding of how people will first interact or receive it relative to either performance or hearing a recording shape how you go in and build and rebuild your this? Yeah, I think my initial feelings of it is a pretty good starting point of how other people will receive it. So when we first made the song, I knew even before we got the chords, I knew that I needed something on the project that felt classic and timeless and easy on the ears. I kept thinking about like, what makes us go back to those classic Erica songs or those, you know, classic R&B songs over and over again? Like, what is it about these songs that live for years and years to come? And I feel like they could have been dropped today, tomorrow or 10 years from now, you know? Yeah, Mariah could have been singing that. Aretha yeah, could have been singing yeah. that. Right, like <laughs> I think it's just so, so much beauty in in very simple melody and simple lyrics. So Steve actually came up with the "Hold Me While You Can" line. I'm like, oh, that just feels like now. It feels like past, and it feels like the future. It's just something that can live forever that everyone can relate to. It was my decision to keep saying it over and over, but I'm like, it's just something so tender about that mm-hmm. that I think you know, even across age groups can feel and, and relate to. So um, that one's a really special one for me. I also knew I wanted something on the project that was kind of off kilter as far as time signature too. Yeah. Let's get into that because one of my favorite fake deep ways to impress musicians when we have them on for this is to talk about time signature and tempo that comes out of like my DJ work and other stuff. 
Mm-hmm. And for the life of me, I can't count it out. So wh- how does the syncopation work in here? What's the time signature? How, how did that work? I may be mistaken, but I think it's just a waltz, which is three. It's three, four. Three, four. Yeah. But, but the emphasis is on the the last of the three. So I, yeah. I, like, I can't find the. It's it, wonky. It, so, so you end up <laughs> to that point, like kind of swinging in it. Yeah. Because you can't like, not to go too deep in the music, but like go two, three. four, 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 we like. Mm-hmm. comfortable with because it's how we walk we like march to it yeah it comes out of like marching band military music but yeah the three has the swing to it that you just kind of like dance yeah but then it's the steve lacy effect of having it still on the off you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah it's like disorienting in that like being in love way yeah like, i like love this, that it's still a song it's still yeah. it still works for me but like it's not landing where i think it's gonna land and i'm okay with that you know <laughs> hypnosis maybe right <laughs> if you want to extend a metaphor we will extend all day with you right <laughs> um i want i wanted to ask you something about that simplicity and elegance of a line like that because it's something that, that damon and i were talking about actually earlier is it feels like there's a an emphasis on like brevity and to the point and being understood in, in these songs in a way that feels maybe a little less up for interpretation or metaphorical as some yeah are. does that ring true and what was the kind of decision making in that that's absolutely true i feel like my writing style has gone through a lot of phases over the mm-hmm. past couple years but i knew mainly that i wanted to be more direct in the way that i say things or i put words together and that's a challenge for me because i think being younger, I was just a little more comfortable with, you know, speaking more metaphorically or making ugly shit pretty with, you know, <laughs> with pretty language. And, you know, but sometimes love hurts. Sometimes love is ugly. And I wanted the language to be as blunt as that in certain songs. But that took like, you know, Steve pushing me sometimes or Monty pushing me being like, don't say it so pretty. I'm like, you're right. I shouldn't say it so pretty, you know, to fall into that comfort of like, I don't know. It feels like not quite going there all the way, but I knew for people to feel it, I had to kind of unveil myself in that way and, and break those ideas and memories that I may be scared of, of speaking about so clearly. Yeah, the 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 like quote beautiful language can be a protective thing. It is. Yeah. You hear you hear poets talk about that of like I needed it to resolve on a good note or at least yeah. a beautiful note because then I was more comfortable with it, let alone the reader. Um, but if you can just live in the the bluntness of like this hurts, that's it's it's sometimes I think easier for listeners than it is for the creator because what a hard thing to say I'm I'm in pain. You yeah, know? I, I I wanna I wanna take that. And it feels very much in flow with the the meta narrative of the production of like you standing in your truth and in your power and taking up space more firmly. And then this notion of, you know, poetics had been a veil for you in some ways. I wonder if if those thrust how they're translating into like off mic life, just like your world, your sense of self of you used to have these older brothers to kind of shape things. You used to have these language and these like really highbrow, but piffy metaphors to kind of like put you in a different space. And I wonder if there's a a parallel or an example of how that's showing up for you as real Raven in, in the world. I think it has a direct reflection on, on my life and the way I communicate with people I love or family or relationships, you know, it's made me 
more vocal <laughs> in all aspects. And I'm usually the type of person that's non-confrontational and don't want too much trouble or don't want to ruffle any feathers, you know, but me getting older and, and essentially being the boss of my world and, and my art, I've kind of had to step into that a little bit more and I don't know, I think let go of those fears of being interpreted a certain way or misinterpreted or, you know, and I think that's what I felt, you know, in my music I first put out of just like not being sure of how to be received. And now I'm just at a point where I said what I said, <laughs> however it's interpreted is, you know, it's fine. But just me being more vocal, even in, you know, my relationship, you know, it's just like, me growing up and figuring out my wants and, and my likes and dislikes and how I can serve myself better, therefore serving the people around me in the world. So, yeah, it's so cool to hear you say, like, I'm becoming more vocal as like this, like vocalist. Also. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. some, like, that's yeah. a real grounding of like, yeah. you know, what does it mean to be able to do everything under the sun vocally? but then mm. not use it in that way. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that like the tool is serving you better, you know? I love that. Yeah. And like, sometimes you got to say, I fucking hate you. Right. And, like, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't fuck with this. And, yeah. and, like, uh, <laughs> the idea that you, like I can imagine, especially, you know, I, I've understood what it's felt like to be like a young prominent person that is also shaped, you know, by a family legacy and all that. And like, there are things that you're not allowed to do. And so like the breaking of like, needing of permission or like am i gonna offend or break a rule is really freeing um it is so so let's go to a, to another another track yes i before i do I have a question building off of that that i think i love that. Us into this next one perfectly which is in that like voice serving you in that way how has that changed your vocal performance are there ranges mm. registers techniques things that you're more comfortable using now because you're less worried like is this gonna sound right yeah I knew when I when I started this album, I wanted to be really, really proud of the vocal performance. And because of that, I recorded each song like five different times over and over until I felt like it was lived with enough. Like I would listen to certain artists like um like Napalm and like listening to the recordings, I'm like, it sounds like she made this song five years ago and she knows this song. And when I listen back to my older recordings, to me it sounds like I wrote the song that week and recorded it, not really knowing, still reading lyrics off the phone. You know, mm -hmm. I hear all of that. And I knew that going into this project, I wanted to really live with it. I wanted to sing it in a grocery store, sing it in the shower, sing it in all these different environments to, to really know it, you know, therefore I can bring the best and most honest vocal performance. Um, but I think I got way more comfortable in my lower register and also using my chest voice more. On the last song, Wish, it's the outro to the project. I recorded that one a million times. But on the last take, I ended up doing the chest voice, uh, no matter where you are, that part. And I knew when I did that, like, I just felt like I levitated. And like the engineer was just kind of like, that was it, you know, <laughs> because I listened to the song so many times and it just felt like something was missing and I wasn't going there. And I think, like you said, me being afraid of doing something crazy or, or screaming or yelling and it being ugly was a fear of mine for so long. Um, and I'm still working through that, you know, with my chest voice and belting. Because it's never been a comfort zone for me. It's the opposite for me. <laughs> like to free yourself from some of your air quote training, even. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So. So I'm, I'm always interested in the notion of like demoing out, re-recording, re-recording like multiple attempts at a, at a piece. And so what I hear you saying is like you were finding new comforts in voice and like where things are coming from in your body. And I wonder is in that shift, did other things shift? Did did that prompt ever rewrites or rearrangements? Mm, or yeah. as as these re-recordings are happening, like what is changing? What new things are being found? And then again, like to younger artists listening, how do you like listen to yourself to know one, something needs to be changed, and then when you find completion? Yeah. I think um the, the beauty of younger um, artists, ain't that you? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. I think the beauty of of how long this took is how long I had to live with the music, you know. I never had this much time to live with certain songs I've made. And for this, it was a challenge for me, you know, to be able to hear them over and over and over. But I think, like you said, the main thing that time would tell me and what I would hear differently is interpretation of certain songs. Like you said, lyrics, runs, or different ad-libs, or background changes, all will come to me. Like, I could write a song today, record it, and listen to it for a month, and come back to it with a completely different, you know, view of the Mm -hmm. song, Mm -hmm. just because I spent so much time with it. I think that was a really precious part of this process mainly because um, I can now be really proud of where they are. And for me, like even listening to skin tight a second ago, I'm like, I hear things I would have done differently now, <laughs> you know, or, or I hear certain mixed things I would have done differently, but I, I think that's just the nature. How do you stop that then? Right. Like, cause there's, there's yeah. a beauty to that. Like there's, yeah. that offers new things but then that, could, <laughs> that could be maddening after a while and infinite. I think at a certain point, I just had to like let it go. And if I'm happy with it today, I knew I spent this much time on it, then I should be proud of that, you know, because I could go on forever and ever. There wouldn't be no album out right now if it were up to like me and how critical I am of every song. So, yeah. Well, I'm glad it is out. (laughs) (laughs) Let's hear hear another one from We're going to listen to uh, Deep in the World. Uh, We got the one and only Raven Lene hanging out with us here on Ergo.
in the world we got raven lene with us so daniel told me why he picked the song but i don't believe him i think the real reason kiss why you want to pick mm-hmm. that song is because the rare osprey bar got off you didn't catch the osprey bar that's the right in your bag oh yeah <laughs> no if you can allude to a lesser known bird of prey i will send you your voice on the show that is what we're here about uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, there's actually a different line, which is yeah, the reason man. why I wanted to talk about this one. Um, it comes up in the second time through the hook, and then it, it becomes a recurring theme throughout. But there's something about the phrase bionic girl that I just love so much. And like mm. the image in my head is like it's like a like a wide shot of like you on the top of like a mountain with like your like walking stick and like the whole landscape is in front of you. Ah! I and love you're just that. like ready to move get, through get, it. Get oh yeah, <laughs> we are available for. No, I don't do that. This is a pitch session. Welcome. Um, no, but but that's what I see when I see is like this like ready to take on the world. Mm. You know, small but not insignificant figure. I'm, so I'm curious, like where that language came from for you, and like what do you see? What does that mean to you? Yeah, <sighs> this song in general, I feel like is is kind of stepping into my brain and and the world I create in my brain, but also connecting with earth and connecting with spirituality and myself and figuring out my superhuman traits and how those reflect in me and, and leave a mark on the world. You know, that's what that song serves as to me, kind of an ode to myself and to earth. But that line in particular I feel you on the visual part about it because I just see myself as this otherworldly woman that can run and sprint and jump and do backflips and can breathe underwater and fly, you know? So I think there is that piece of me that, that feels like that and wanted to really get that across in the song. So for sure. You're like one of those like a uh, scrappy superheroes, like not, <laughs> not the like Avengers. We got the whole government behind us, not right. like Bruce Wayne billionaire, but like 
lesser known in the cut doing yep. your thing running through the woods getting people food helping yeah. things run smoothly yeah no, for <laughs> sure. and then also you know the lyric of i've given up control right so like mm. being in flow and and the language of balance being yeah different from you know it's it, it kind of is a i'm using juxtaposition too much but it's kind of an interesting juxtaposition to like <laughs> this meta narrative of you stepping into your control a little bit more and like in that space finding how to also let go or to like be or or emerge with with the eco exactly it's like the balance of me feeling so confident that i'm allowed to be free in that you know and let whatever take me wherever in a way so that's i think that's a great point though and i think it works creatively but also just in general the antithesis of feeling out of control is not more control it's more confidence yes because when you feel like you can be in yourself and and do what you need to do like you're more willing to be able to go into the unknown to be on the absolutely top of yeah absolutely i love All that right. we got a breakthrough folks i want to use that as a jumping off point to talk a little bit about what the journey beyond the last two years has been like you know we've crossed paths in various ways but the first time we had you on was like right when the show started and, you know, you were not even like about to graduate high school. You were just like in I high school. I was in the thick of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, in high school. <laughs> which is just a wild story. Not even doing like SAT prep or anything. Like <laughs> in the throes, the doldrums of high school. So I have, for reference, yeah. I have the photo we took, which I'm going to show right now. I had on the glasses. Yep, glasses, I knew. The headphones. Yeah. <laughs> Which, oh, man. Look at all of us. <laughs> I know. This is, I know it's an audio medium. We'll put the photo up so y'all can see. But that mm. one just feels like a lifetime ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's kind of a vague question, but. Well, look at those cuties. Let's, yeah, let's, no, talk about <laughs> let's talk about the cuties. But like, what do you want us and, you know, listeners to know about like what, what this journey has been like, like your life has had a lot of chapters since then. Yeah. Of, you mentioned like leaving home, all this creative tumult, pandemic, all that, all that stuff. Like, but even before pandemic, you were, you know, on some really phenomenal tours, you know, it was, it was the control tour y'all yeah. was on, right? And so like, we, there's just been this, this seeming ascension, but life isn't linear. Right. So, so how can we complicate that story a little bit? Like in the many years of you working within this industry, trying to figure out how to make what you want to make, like, what are the pieces of that story that may not be told that you want people to know? It's a big question, too. Yeah. <laughs> because then I was a sophomore in high school. So, I was trying yeah, to so think, it's like a lifetime. I'm trying to think. <laughs> it doesn't happen. It can, you know, <laughs> in, in 2017, I was yeah, We don't um, need to know about fourth yeah. period. Like, it, it can go beyond just that, <laughs> that, that moment. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I feel like in in my short years of life and my short years of being in the music industry, I feel like I've learned so much already. Just coming in as a young Black woman, I feel like I've been in every situation possible, you know, whether it's bad management, bad deals, bad, you know. So I feel like even though I'm so young, I can speak from a place of experience in, in like when I'm talking to other artists or people who want to get into it, like I feel like, I don't know, my calling has gone beyond just music in a way. And I feel like 
music is the easiest way for me to connect with people. But deep down, I just really have a care for people and the world that I would like to find out how it can translate, you know, through other areas of my life. But that is a big question. (laughs) We we can zoom in there. Yeah. We can zoom into what you, what you just said of like passion, purpose beyond music and this deeper notion of care. So in models trying to build and just an observation, like one thing I've been very interested in is the collective capacity or the organizing capacity of art, but particularly like music performers that on a regular basis are gathering hundreds of strangers in the same place and can move them to purchase merch, to wait a lot, right? Like that is that is a power that is really unique. And then you're also living with these people passively through your music. Um, and so, you know, life's been hard. You might not have it figured out yet, so it might not be in practice, but in terms of ideal or imagining with that power of being able to be on the literal and proverbial center stage, what do you feel is possible in terms of care, in terms of community building, in terms of making more freedom with yourself and with your people? Because you can travel the world in ways that very few people can. Yeah, it's true. And I've, I've thought about that a lot, like what the responsibility is as an artist and the influence you have, you know. And just seeing like my concerts and the people there look like me and they're 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 connecting with the songs I make, it feels like a huge responsibility. And I'm I feel like I'm still learning what that looks like and what that feels like and how to do it better, you know. Are there other artists who, even if it's not the same trajectory, but people who you look to as like in their context, they figured out something that feels right? Fatima. Fatima, yeah. 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 Shout out No Name for the uninitiated. Yeah. (laughs) For those who who weren't there in 2015. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, talk a little bit about how you see that example. I think she is such an important person to music and to the world because she's just found out how to seamlessly serve the world, but also do art, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, and I know she's still figuring it out. She has her struggles with it, you know, on a daily basis, but she is very inspiring for me in that regard of like, man, like this music can take you to so many different places, you know, and with that influence, how can I leave my mark in a, a more significant way beyond just songs not to minimize that but like leave some hot songs yeah (laughs) but yeah her having an actual library here real life you know in LA is crazy and the way she's been able to bring black people together over literature and, and I don't know I think it's just really big and important and I've thought about how I would want to branch out and what I want my legacy to be too have you ever talked to her about that yeah, we we have briefly like I've I've been up there a few times. It's a beautiful space. When, whenever y'all are in LA, I don't know if y'all have been yet. It's beautiful. But just being able to see her and witness that type of growth and she just seems so at home and at peace mm. in doing that. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's where I want to be. Yeah, I think it it leads to something that we've talked about in other contexts of like whether it's creative work or movement work. Like this is most transformative to the participant, right? Like your music moves me and the many people who listen to it and changes the way we move the world. But like, there is nobody more transformed by this project than you are. 
And that's true in movement work, whether that's direct actions, whether that's building a library and sending thousands of books to people who are inside, like that kind of transformation and that at homeness. I also just from the outside have like seen her step into that. And I think like that's what happens when you're active and, and when it's not a, a, a like quest for control, but for like, let me connect, let me plug in, let me, let me transform through action. Exactly. And that's why I, what I admire most about her, you know. Because the internet is the internet all day, but she's on the grounds doing real life work, connecting with people, you know. Mm-hmm. We could we yeah. could do a whole series that's the no name yeah. appreciation yeah. hour. Sure <laughs> people we respect, respect her. Yeah. Be good. <laughs> um, in the interest of time, I think let's go to, to the last one because um, we got just a few minutes left and we may not have time for the whole, the whole track. But we just wanted to play some of Ecstasy uh, before we get on out of here. is the Catronado produced ecstasy damn that's that's like a, 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 a no miss combination y'all uh, two together. Yeah, that's a fun um, anytime you yeah. see damon and my shoulders just gently rotating <laughs> we're always like oh what is this song and then it's always a Catronado production. Yep. <laughs> right in right in my bpm you know always. <laughs> um, so if we had more time we would talk a little bit about that relationship and that collab if we had a little more time but I, I want to kind of like get into the the form and content of the piece. 
of one, you know, we're both interested in like, what's your relationship to dance, you know, personally you as a, a body that moves, but always wanting to inspire folks to move with you. Uh, but then back to kind of, you know, out of the conversation we were just talking about, about responsibility and power and like, you know, some of even no names work in legacy of freedom. And so, you know, freedom, we often only talk about it in the super macro collective we all get free which is important but then also freedom in the body so yeah this notion of how you in your music are relating more to dance and then what that kind of tells you about freedom yeah i think the chicago in me is gonna always need the housey mm-hmm. feel on any that of house <laughs> music exactly. to set me free. <laughs> exactly. I did not know that was going to <laughs> You were you were you were moved. You were talking about play. house. <laughs> you sound just like him. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, but, yeah. but, but from the crib. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So to have been able to do it with the pioneer right now of house with Katra was like a dream, you know, and working with him was so much fun. He's such an energetic, light, fun person, you know. And this experience was was a more unique uh song making experience only because I don't know if you've been to a Katranada's show, but basically the way he mixes and shows is the way he makes beats. So I felt like I was just at a Katranada show. (laughs) While we were making it. So like he just has like his beat pad and like he don't pull no computer up or nothing. Like it's just like straight from like his fingers (laughs) to the world. I forgot the guy's name, but somebody in describing the difference between Prince and Michael Jackson as performer described Prince as more ecstatic. Mm, and so I get that. I, I, and then that back to like ecstasy as the the title. Like I could I can feel you in that warmth and that swim. Uh, yeah, which is music making. Yeah, <laughs> but I feel like there's something about four on the floor that just gets people moving and jumping and sweating, and and that's what I wanted from the song. So to be able to see it living in different spaces live, or even see clips of him, you know, playing it in Paris or wherever, oh, and, wow. and it has the same effect. I think that's how we connect as people, you know, regardless of language, race, back, whatever, you know, music does that for us. So, yeah, I'm happy it's living and <laughs> people enjoy it, you know. It definitely, if it can get us moving, like, in our various Zoom rooms, that's a very good sign. <laughs> yeah. yeah. With, with other bodies around. Yeah. So, so for the sake of your time, you know, we definitely got to wrap up soon. So I just want to kind of, like give you a in culmination of we've talked around it but the language of the album hypnos yeah um and if there are things you've learned about that language and things you hope folks receive from the relation between the language and the project can you can you rephrase that for me so what does hypnos mean to you and what do you want to mean other people is the simple see i need to see i gotta make (laughs) it less complicated Uh get out of the big word poetics and be be more confident (laughs) in my questions david learn from yeah (laughs) so i think hypnos serves as this i like to call it a cosmic journey through where i've been the last four years and how i've grown and learn and and been able to uncover certain things about myself and I'm still learning it you know whenever I listen to the songs I, I learn something new and I feel something new and I hope that people listen and feel the same things with it it was just like 
understanding yourself a little bit more or feeling connected to me or to people around you um, a little bit more. So whenever I get online and see DMs or tweets or whatever about certain songs that really resonate with people, that's what makes me feel like I'm doing something worthwhile and I'm doing something important. Yeah. Well, thank you for persevering through this transformation. As a listener, it's a joy to hear what comes out of that. And like, as a person who crosses paths with you, it's just a joy to see you like, yeah, stepping into these next, you know, chrysalises and and butterflies and transformations. So thank you for, for making what you make and for, uh, for coming and back and you. kicking it with Thanks us. Yeah, chopping it up with me. us. Yeah. Shout out to so mama. Where, where, where's mom's at? Oh, I, I yeah. hope I was going, when I came to your show in LA, I didn't see her. I was devastated. Mama <laughs> was outside. Summertime okay, she popping out. Yeah, you done grown up now. It's you, summertime She, she don't got to run around with you no more. You, you take she care of yourself. outside with her man. Okay. Doing her all thing. Right, there you right. go, mama. Well, send her my love, please. I will. <laughs> Raven, Raven, where can folks find you in the ways you would like to be found? You can find me on all the internet things at Raven Lene. <laughs> so, but I also, you know, be on the road here and there too. So look out for that. Cause I love to connect in person and, you know, talk and touch hands. So will you be home <laughs> in a non-tour context at any point? It's a secret, but I'm okay. coming I don't know when this is airing, but I'm coming back home to surprise my mom for her birthday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Again, shout out. And she'll shout be outside. So if you're outside, keep an eye out. <laughs> Make sure that you listen to the album, stream it away, get a copy, all those good things. It's wherever you get your music. And now, before we just close sign off, I'll end with how I opened of, I am so amazingly proud of you. It is a not only... Am I a fan? And it is a treat for everyone to be able to listen. But like knowing you is a sense of pride and like makes me feel better about myself. Like I feel cool and privileged to be somebody that you smile at and say hey to because you are a star in so many ways. So thank you for oh, continuing y'all. to live and, and the way that you've grown. <laughs> very, very proud of you. It's been, a, it's been a pleasure to watch. Thank you so much. Mm. <laughs> oh, let's, uh, let's go warm and fuzzy in our various places. We're at Ergo Radio. I'm at Ergo Kiss. I'm at Damon underscore AF. And we'll be back reshaping the culture of our city and beyond for the more liberatory and creative. Much love to the people. Peace. Yeah.